0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Home and Away. I am Drew Bannerflute, joined once again, as always, by my good friend Cody Welton. Cody, how you doing?
1: I I am great. Kansas City's hosting uh, some World Cup games, and I could not be happier.
0: It's uh, it's pretty surreal to think that um, our little cow town, as we like to call it, is uh, hosting um, World Cup games. Uh, in four years that's, when, that's when, kind of crazy
1: you know when when you compare it to the other cities uh, both in in this country and uh in canada and mexico those other cities who who got selected they're all massive
0: metropolitan they're, giant. they're I mean, giant cities
1: and kansas city is just i mean it's not even in the same conversation in terms of um of population and so it just makes it even more impressive and i think you know i think um, it's a tribute to the people of Kansas City. Uh, it's a tribute to the, um, to the mayor. It's a tribute to Sporting Kansas City because they worked their asses off. As a tribute to um, you know Patrick Mahomes, I I mean yeah, there, you know there's
0: there's any number of people you can you can talk about. I know Chad Reynolds who works for Sporting had a lot Absolutely. to do with working with the group that that worked on this, and I know he's really. Um, you know, feeling proud right now. And he should uh, Kathy Nelson, who led that group. I mean, just everyone that participated yep. in this, the hunt family, it, it wasn't just sporting. There was like a group. I know Cliff illig was part of this. There's a number of folks that really like invested in this process and it paid off. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it helps. The culture is really good here in this city and it mm-hmm. it, it is positive and, well, just, just the all, fact
1: that you get all of those people working together and in yeah. that sort of situation is something that you know I don't know that that happens in a lot of other cities.
0: Well, Nate Bucati put something up um, when uh, uh, earlier today on his Twitter feed where he's talking, and he was at Power and Light and kind of being emceeing that today when they were doing the you know the watch party and then the mm-hmm. eventual announcement. And it was uh, somebody said something about like you know Kansas City loves soccer. Right when you see all the people at power and Light like, look at this, and I think the response I saw from him was like, "Kansas City loves Kansas City," yeah. and that's true. We're, I mean, people that live here are fairly proud of it, right? And, it's and the it most comes aggressively
1: in- self-promoted city <laughs> it
0: is, but but that's but that's what, why. <laughs> the, <laughs> that's well, why I got you my KC up- hat on. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, exactly. Everyone from KC has a KC shirt, right? Yeah. Like it's just one of those things where it's a different. It's a different kind of feeling when you live here than it is in other places. And yeah. I think that that has a lot to do that you can feel that excitement. Um, you saw how full the game was for the men's national team friendly, which I was not sure it would be because yeah. I ended up being a packed house and it was really good there. I mean, it's just the excitement around this stuff. They under, the, the city understands what it needs to do to promote itself Yep, and everyone participates in it. And I think that's I mean, I saw a stat like 10 of the 14 largest metropolitan areas in the United States got one of these bids. I understand D.C. did not. And we'll get to that in a second. But Kansas City is the 33rd largest metro area in the United States. So 10 of the top 14 got got sites. And then the 33rd largest metro area (laughs) ends up getting a uh, getting a site. And it just tells you just how much passion there is in this city for this city. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's the part of it that Nate got down. It's like people that live here are very passionate about being here. And, um, as a transplant to Kansas city, I could feel it. Like I've never lived in a place like this. Uh, I have been to other cities that are pretty proud of themselves. Seattle is one of them. People who live in Seattle are pretty proud of being in Seattle, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that it it's as deep as this. Um, and it, it paid off. It paid off in a big way. And like I said, on uh, Twitter earlier today, I get to, I can drive from my house 15 minutes to a world cup soccer match. That's amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, that's really cool. So, I'm looking forward to it, and it's uh, it's just a huge deal. We've got some friends that live in Brazil that are that 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 my wife's been talking to for a couple months now, and they're gonna come stay with us so they can come to awesome. some matches here. Yeah, it's just gonna be really cool. We're like yeah. we're really looking forward. It's just gonna and, be. A cool we,
1: you know, we, this is even without knowing, ha- having any idea who's going to play here. It doesn't Don't matter. Care. It doesn't matter. It's gonna be awesome.
0: I mean, it's 16, it's going to be 48 teams, right? So it's going to be part of a, of a three team group that's playing mm-hmm. here. Um, but I think that's the other part of it that we did that we sort of glossed over the, the, the vibe of Kansas city is obviously a good part of it. But the other part of it is there are now that the current's new um, training facilities up, there are a couple fantastic training facilities and it's not like yeah. Swope park is terrible, right? Yeah. So you've got, three really good training facilities within you know the metro that are like professional level like quality things i mean swope looks like what most teams see now right? right and then you've got then you look at pinnacle and what the current just built like this is stuff that that like like high level premier league teams don't have yeah um, when it comes to training facilities so it it i think that helped a lot as well for sure. Having the infrastructure is, is a big part of it. And the the mass transit infrastructure being one thing. But no, I'm talking about like the actual like training infrastructure and having the ability to host these teams. And it'll be interesting to see who gets who ends up here playing matches for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, it's going to be great. So we're definitely definitely fired up about that. And it's a good thing that to have some positivity about about soccer in Kansas City because
1: everything else right now is not good.
0: <laughs> the, it's not totally bad. It's not all bad because we do have some good stuff to talk about potentially in the transfer market kind of situation. But um, the the play on the field in Kansas City uh, outside of the U.S. men's national team, uh, 0-0 draw against Uruguay. I don't know if we've had a pod since that game happened. Did we, did we pod? After uh, yes, we did. I don't think so. We did? No, okay. We, all right. Yeah. Okay. So, um it's at any rate the um uh the the play on the field in Kansas City has not been, you know, great. Um another sort of middling performance against New England, I guess would be the best way of describing it with, you know, a lot of the same things I texted you during the match is like I'm sick of watching the same shit happen over and over again. Like yeah. the same bad shit. It's yeah. just it's not it's not like um, somebody else has did something wrong. No, it's the same thing that's bad. It's the occurred. same
1: characters. It's the same. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So to be fair to the team, the coach, all of that kind of stuff, with the national team abs- absences of Chinese and Shallowee and the injuries, they did not, he, Vermees didn't have many options. He did try something different. Which was Felipe, which was, uh, Felipe Hernandez is a false nine. I, I'll give Felipe a lot of credit for trying hard to do it. He he made more incisive runs than Kyrie Shelton generally does, but he's not a finisher. He you know the one chance that he got he you know had a center. It was pretty easy for I think it was Omar Gonzalez just sort of shoved him off the ball, um, which is what happens when you have a really a like defensive midfielder, like a six, eight, eight, six playing as a false nine. Um,
1: I, don't, I don't know. Did, did, I don't know. Did, did, does, does Vermes see him as a six, eight? Because man, he does, he always, you know, I wouldn't say always, but he often plays in that advanced role and he almost never plays the six. And so, you know, I know that, I know that you said he played that uh, with SKC too, um, but I don't. I don't know that Vermes sees that as his best position.
0: Vermees typically doesn't want his single pivot to be a ground covering sort of, um, you know, recovery guy. Like that's not typically what he wants out of that position. He wants someone who will sit on the ball and move it. Um, and which, which is again, we can get into the Udi Rossell discourse here in a second as far as whether he follows that, but. He doesn't. He doesn't want chaotic sixes. Let me put it that way. He wants them to be, you know, fairly positionally secure. And um,
1: well, you, you know, know, the, the passing things, sixes. The things that he wants aren't really working at the moment. So, you know, I don't know. I I, uh, I think really, we, really, I, you and I would really both d- love to see. Uh, Hernandez played at number six.
0: We might get to see it this weekend. I yeah. mean, if we're jumping ahead to the preview, you know, Uri's out. So yep. we might, we might get to see it this weekend because I don't think, I mean, he could put Roger there again, but that would, <laughs> I just, I, you know, anyway, we'll get to that when we get to the preview, but I mean, there's some, poten- there's some significant potential. You could see Felipe there. Yeah. The one time he deputized there he, there, he played there. He played it very well. I thought so. I, I mean, but I'm looking at what I would want a single pivot ground covering six to look like, and I don't know that that's what Peter looks for. Right. Right. There's a difference no. in philosophy.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so that may be not what he's prioritizing. Um, the reality is at some point you got to stop. I mean, and he's even admitted that this has been the craziest season to coach that he's ever dealt with. And he's putting people in crazy positions and trying to figure, you know, trying to just get through it. And I, I understand that, but I'm also like, you know, maybe some, some tweaks to what your expectations are need to be in place. I mean, this game, they, they ended up, they were playing without the ball most of the time yeah, and so it were and they were they, and the they, ability they, ability and they it. were
1: terrible at counterattacking. I mean really, really bad. And, 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 and that is, I mean, that's a coaching issue. That is a, a a style issue. That is a culture issue. You know, you can just see when they break, um, they don't have the killer instinct and they don't have the, you know, you know, two or three passes and, and get a shot on goal. You know, they have a get the ball down and then, you know, and then be patient and wait uh, for something to develop. And it, you know, it, it, didn't develop at all. Um, and I would just, you know, I would, I mean, given, given the, the, the state of the team right now, um, I think that they should just be much more direct and they had counterattacking opportunities, um, this past weekend. And it was just, um, it was just not, it was just not sharp at all.
0: So here's the thing that I think about, and again, I, you know, I'm always going to make comparisons to teams that I watch or I'm familiar with because that's what you do, right? You look at different teams that you see certain things that they could do. I watch this team and I think that they could be very successful in a setup like Conte did with Tottenham. They have very active midfielders and they have very good wingers, because that's typically they don't have Harry Kane pulling up to drop the ball off. And I understand that. But the 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 preponderance of counterattacking possession for Tottenham happens from the wings. They have Kulusevsky, they have Sun, those guys get into space, and they re, when they when they create a turnover, they move the ball fast, fast, fast. And they get it upfield and get the wingers in space. Um draw the other team up, be very um secure. Counter press from a mid block, right? Like press, press the midfield from a mid block, create a turnover, send. That's what they do. And I feel like this is a team that talent wise scopes to something like that. Um, I don't know that Kyrie Shelton as a center forward is necessarily the perfect fit for that, but I don't know. You know who? The, the reality of the situation is: let's get the most players we can operating in a system that exposes their strengths and i do believe in Denbe as a wing back zusi as a wing back getting wide and sending team sending guys forward is actually something that works for the majority of the available players that you have um and we've talked about this a number of times it, it, it's just i think a double pivot with wing backs makes sense based on what the skill set is of your guys um and it doesn't have to be exactly the same thing but this team could counterattack they have the personnel to do it but yeah. they're they're to your point they're kind of conservative when they get on the counter the only people yeah. you, you saw Johnny Russell had that long dribbling event where he got on the counter he just went straight to the goal but um it, so
1: well, Cam, and Cam Duke did it too, but then he did. Right, but then you could see. I mean, like he did everything. I mean, he should have taken. There's that nobody style. around
0: him. But, but There's the nobody around is, him.
1: Yeah, and and you know he passed it off to 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 Felipe, but Felipe wasn't in the in a position to shoot or anything. And that's like you know um, that is a um, you know when you talk about patterns of play, uh, usually you know when people when you hear that that phrase, you know people are thinking about uh, you know. Um, you know, one twos and give and goes, um, you know, when you have possession, but patterns of play uh, uh, apply to counterattacks too. And, you know, you see teams like Portland, you know, who who consistently um, um, repeat those counter, those those counterattacking patterns and are able to create chances of, um, um, very quickly out, out of almost nothing. And, and they're, they're able to create chances that, um, that are high, high quality chances. And, um, and, you know, sporting's just not, they're not able to do that because they, they have never been coached to be that kind of team. It's like against their, their DNA almost. And, um, and I, and, and, you know, I agree with you in that. I think that, um, I think that, counter pressing out of the mid block. And then, um, and then, you know, attacking directly from that is, um, does actually suit our, uh, the talent of the team a lot better uh, than whatever we've got going on right now, which is just kind of a mess.
0: Yeah, I, I would say that, um, you know, I mean, you watch Tottenham for the second half of the year and you know how mm-hmm. lethal they are on counterattacks like, absolutely lethal. Yeah. And the so, patterns, so, aren't, but, but the patterns not, aren't that different when they do no. it.
1: But, 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 you know, the, the, the Kane thing is, is actually a super important thing, right? I mean, sure. uh, yeah. you, you you know, that is not only a, uh, a target that you can get the ball up to, but it's someone who can then, you know, uh, play as a pivot where, you know, you're playing off of, of him to the wings or wing backs or whatever. And and um, and Kyrie is just not that not that player. He's not.
0: But let um, me stop you for a second on this, because this goes back to the original thing where you're talking about. They're not being coached to do this. Two things I would say about this. One, most of the guys playing in these forward positions are not forwards. OK, they've been playing They're midfielders playing forward. So expecting them to have the perfect instincts to be in the right spots all the time, I don't think is realistic. But the second part I would say about this is the coach should look at what his squad is going to be in the future and set something up that works for them. Because let me tell you something. Alan Polito absolutely drops deep, absolutely yeah. is a target man at the top of the circle and can release a winger. He's Fucking fantastic at it, actually. Yep. He's really, really good. He'll actually eliminate an offender while he's doing it, like Harry Kane will do. Like he'll get a guy yep. on his back and he'll shove him off with the shoulder. And all of a sudden, he gets to pick out a pass. And that's that is the type of forward that Alan Polito is. So if you're expecting him to be back next year at full strength, this is a format and a setup that makes sense. So why wouldn't you be drilling this now?
1: Yeah. I mean, I so so I think that, um, I think that to some extent, it seems to me like, like Peter Vermes is kind of caught this year in between, you know, idealism and pragmatism maybe more than any other um, any other year that we've seen like I think that there's you know there's that ideal version of how he wants the team to play and that's like you know uh, away at Toluca I mean that's like the everything is just humming and passing and and you're passing out of pressure and everything uh, and then there's the pragmatic um, you know version that we're stuck with this year where you really have to just look at the squad that you have and you have to, you know, you have to, you have to find a way to make them all successful. And it, and it might not be the way that you ideally would want to play. And, and I, I, I just, I can feel him, you know, just even within a game, just kind of struggling as to, you know, what, what balance to strike with that? Because I do think, I mean, I do, he's, I do think he's looking at the future and, um, and I do think that he, that's part of the reason why he hasn't, you know, why he hasn't gone, you know, low block counterattacking. Cause he, he, he knows that, you know, in a year or two years, that's not the way the team is going to play. Um, it's just we have. Yes, you know. I don't think
0: it needs to be a low block. I think when they were yeah. op, the couple games that they've operated out of a mid block it, were fine. I don't think it needs to be like park the bus yeah. encounter. And no, I wouldn't I say that. I wouldn't say that Spurs do that. I don't think that that's their what they're no. I to do.
1: I just meant. I just meant like that's you know he's he's not gonna be like that pragmatic. Do You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. <laughs>
0: I mean, but that's the the point I'm bringing up is like he's used this a couple of times and found some success with it, right? Yeah. There's a talent discrepancy issue for sure that is not allowing it to be consistently successful, but there has been some success with them playing out of this type of setup. And I just feel like that there's an opportunity to build on that and use it to your advantage. Um just again, we've talked about this over and over again. It's the coach's job to put players in positions to succeed. I understand the extenuating circumstances related to having to put guys in wacky positions lately, but still Cam Duke as a left winger is not putting him in a position to succeed. He's been fine. But as you saw during most of that match, when he would, when he would stretch and get free, he was basically on his own. Or he had a um, disconnected setup within Den Bay because they just they don't there's no partnership there, and I don't think that Cam Duke makes natural winger movements. I think he's he gets in space and just tries to use the space. There's no like. Uh, Comparing him to Daniel Shallowy and how thought, how incisive Daniel Shallowy's movement is when he plays in that position versus Duke, there's just no comparison to them. Right. And it's because Cameron Duke is not a left winger. (laughs) He's a, he's a, he's a a talented player that is doing a job as best as he can. But there's a
1: reason, there's a reason he's successful when he goes and tries to play, um, or actually does play, uh, right back and that's because he has like a skill set that that applies very well there you get the ball and if you you take the space and you go straight down the field and you know that's what he does and you know he did that he did that a couple of times uh this past weekend and he looked really really good um he was he played another really fantastic game he played great i'm not
0: not trying to get mad at him i'm just saying that he was on his own
1: yeah no absolutely absolutely and, you know, <laughs> look, man, it, it just comes, it, it, it always comes back to, to Kyrie and, and, uh, Roselle, like, you know, as I've said before, those are the players in the spine of your team. Those are the, those are the, the two, um, most important positions in this system. Th- those, those are it. And, um, and when you have below-average players playing in those two positions, your team is going to suck. I mean, yeah. it, it, there's there's nothing you can do about that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, Rosell's okay. You know, uh, if he's if he's sitting in his own half and just and you're just expecting him to to make some defensive plays, and he did he did a good job of that uh, for a uh, for a while for about <laughs> forty minutes until he, he didn't until he, offered- he didn't. He offers nothing going forward, not even possession, like nothing. And um, and when you when you downgrade from Ilie to that um, in the space of a year, I mean that's that's dropping off of a cliff, man. It really is. And 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 it's the same drop off from Polito to Shelton. Um, They're just not comparable players in any respect, and um, and you can't play the same way with those players um, starting, uh, and and trying to play that set, that system of soccer.
0: So the the question, you know, the, the, well, the first question that comes to my mind is if you could have told, you know, 2021 you, that, um, you would be yearning for Elie to come back.
1: (laughs) So so, so here's the thing, man. I, like, I never, never, I never thought Elie was a bad player. Um, uh, my my stance was always that if you're going to have a player like that, you have to acknowledge his weaknesses, and you can't you can't put you know slow old center backs behind him. You've got to have some athleticism to, to help cover him. It's not for just his- that, though.
0: It's not just that. It's and I put this in the rundown specifically because I wanted you to see it. fantas's issue is not that he's just old and slow. It's that he consistently over-pursues. This is a problem that he has had for his whole career. He consistently gets out of position. Yeah. I wouldn't call E.P. a fast, athletic center back, but he doesn't get caught in these places because he is positionally aware. Fantas likes to range forward and do passes and stuff, which is fine. I don't care about that. And Uri in many cases, rotates behind when he does mm-hmm. that to give him defensive cover. That's not what I'm talking about. If you watch any of the major goal-scoring chances that New England had in the second half of this game, Fontas gets caught because he pursues high and he gets too far up when he can't make the intervention he thinks he's going to make. That's been the problem with him forever. And so, yeah, you can't have that next to Elie. Yeah. What you, the other well, issue...
1: Then, that and then when he gets beat, he doesn't like. He stays beat. Just just foul somebody sometimes. Yeah. Just you know what I mean. Uh, so frustrating. he stays
0: beat. When he gets beat, he stays beat. That that unlike thirty six year old Graham Zusi on Sunday, who did not <laughs> stay beat, <laughs> Bo is oh, gonna be looking at. They're they're gonna be giving him that film this week when he got run down by Graham Zusi from behind. Right, like he's gonna get that film in 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 film study and they'd be like bro this guy really i
1: told i told my wife i said that but that is absolutely the absolute fastest that graham zeusley can run guaranteed he might be dead now <laughs> <laughs>
0: The one thing that's funny is, is I have seen the stats and apparently Zussi's top speed is still pretty high. Like it's like third fastest on the team, Um, which, which does, it's just his quick, his um, quick, his fast twitch muscles, as they call it. Like his quickness, his quickness isn't there, but his top speed is apparently pretty high. Um, Regardless, what I'm, what I'm getting at here is that um, if there was, there, there is a world in which Elie stays you jettison Maori like you did and you get his salary off and things are fine because you haven't spent on Uri. You have Elie and you have a player in Felipe Hernandez who can play in the midfield with him and provide him cover. Right. That is what Kellen Acosta does at LAFC. Yeah. He rotates behind and he's a good enough passer to sit back there and do that when Elie goes forward and yeah. they also have Mamadou Fall as a left center back so they don't they they don't have the problems recovering <laughs> coverage wise that no. we do but um but still it's just a it's just an interesting sort of thought you know experiment about the fact like could you have could you have imagined in 2021 2021 being upset that we didn't pay Elie 1.15 million dollars to stay so i understand like it's it's a it's a weird dynamic um my concern is As I look at the roster and as I look at these new players that are incoming that we're going to talk about in a second, none of them are center midfielders. None of them are holding midfielders. Yeah. Remy Voltaire was in a boot at the end of this game. Who the fuck is playing the six?
1: So, so this is the problem, right? Is that, uh, when we talk about idealism and pragmatism and, and, uh, the way the team, uh, has been constructed and, you know, the, the technical director of this team has not, uh, left the coach of this team, um, a lot of wiggle room, you know, there's, uh, there's not, you know, (laughs) there's just not much, uh, that can be done. And, um, technical to be fair
0: to be fair, maybe the right maybe they've got a guy they scouted that they want, but he's not available in this window. Like there's a variety of things that could be going on here. Well so but this is a but this
1: is a this is a long term problem. You know this is a this is a year after year problem. And um and and as and and like I said when you're looking at really what is probably the most important um position uh in this system um it's it's uh it's it's inexcusable uh for which, there not to be something going on. It's inexcusable which, for, for, for us not to have a player who's been trained at the academy level to to at least you know step in and, and fill in minutes. And you know, if that player was Felipe Gutierrez or oh my gosh, it Felipe did it, Hernandez. Man. every every time
0: every if podcast, I, man.
1: If that player is Felipe Hernandez, then then play him at that position, right? And and let's go. Uh, because if it's not then then you know <laughs> what are we doing you know
0: yeah well, yeah Taylor taylorswellman.gif GIF. seriously
1: sure. it's it's so frustrating i i don't i don't I, you know i look at this roster and i just try and uh imagine like what like what were you thinking like i don't <laughs> they're they they there are two you, spots on the roster that I'm that I, I, I I'm puzzled about. Um and uh, did you hear year, the did you hear minute. the
0: narrative in January? Kyrie's ready to be yeah. a combining forward. Eat is in the shape of his life and looks so great and he fit right in. I can't imagine I can't imagine how great he's gonna be. And those guys are the worst performing players on the team consistently. Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. All that stuff aside, I, we've we've bagged on these things too many times. What I would say is that, um, and I, I should take that back. I'm going to walk my comments back a second. Worst performing is probably the wrong um, phrase. They are the most mistake-prone members of the team. Their performances when they're not making mistakes are actually pretty good, but they make big mistakes. Uri for sure. Kyrie consistently misses runs or gets in the way of the other attacking players. So worst performing is probably the wrong phrase, the most mistake prone and, and making bad mistakes. But let me, let me get beyond that for a second. If you talk about the fact that the six being such an important role on this team and you don't have a legitimate player that can handle it at the level that you want to, maybe it's time to de-emphasize that position on the roster.
1: Yeah. Or like by playing a different formation and, exactly. and not playing a single pivot. Yeah. I totally, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, totally agree.
0: Well, especially when you have someone like a Felipe Hernandez, who's very good at a double pivot. Yep. Right. And you have someone like, I don't know if Chinese is really a 10. But he's fine in that role when he doesn't have defensive responsibilities. I think as a winger, he's actually a little bit of a liability because wingers have so so much defensive responsibilities in this system. I almost want him kind of in a free rolling role where he can do what he wants. Um, But I think a Voltaire Hernandez double pivot makes sense. And you can actually put Cam Duke up in that 10 role, too, and let him roam around and do his thing. Like you have Ozzy Cisneros who can play in that position when he's not injured or playing only at the twos because he's not ready. I don't know what the situation is with any of these guys, but Roger can play in a double pivot. Like all of these guys have skill sets that sort of fit with it. And you really don't have a legitimate six on the roster. Yep. It's just time to de-emphasize the role. If the guy that you put in that role consistently shows over and over again, that it's beyond him.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so we have um, banged that gong enough times. There are supposedly two new players like pretty much ready to join the team in July when the window uh, officially opens. Um, this was reported by Twelman during the broadcast. Obviously, you and I didn't hear it because we were at the game, but I heard about it afterward, and obviously I caught all of the stuff on my Twitter feed about it. Um, so you've got <laughs> neither one of them are defensive midfielders. Um, You've got a guy. Well, well, uh, by the way,
1: I that was the absolutely the first thing I noticed. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I think so. Here's the thing that I would say about it. I think that what Peter would say in this circumstance is. He's actually struggling more with the fact that he has no attacking players and is forced to play midfielders at attacking positions and that has ruined his midfield depth, right? We saw it in New England. You couldn't make any midfield subs like when Raj was completely tanked at the end of that game. You couldn't bring him off because you had nobody. There was no midfielders to bring on for him. Yeah. So I understand from that perspective, you need more attacking players so that when you deal with these national team absences, when you deal with injuries and whatnot at that front line, we've talked forever that there has not been enough depth on the forward line because, and whenever one guy gets hurt, everyone else plays mm-hmm. ninety minutes every game. Yeah. So I I do I would say that these these additions do address that problem. They don't address the glaring problem but I think that that problem can be addressed with a different formation or a different setup. Anyway. So Eric, Tommy, I don't know how you exactly pronounce it, but Eric, Tommy, he's a German dude from, uh, uh, he was at, um, Augsburg and their, um, Academy. And then was most recently at Stuttgart. Um, hasn't played a ton the last season and a half because he was injured a lot of that time. um, is out of contract so this is a no this is a no uh transfer fee situation looks to be signing with with Sporting mostly a left winger it looks like left mid, left sided midfielder left winger which does make some sense for a couple reasons right mm-hmm. one of them is um he it looks like he can play right wing as well so he can play either wing um, maybe as a maybe as a 10 as well like a real 10 like an attacking midfielder but it um, makes sense for a couple of reasons. One, we need some depth in those positions as we saw with Cam Duke playing that position in, on Sunday. Um, and two, he, you know, if you don't get shallowly resigned, you better have a backup plan in place. Um, and it can't just be Marino's Chinese. You need to have multiple players available for that position. So um, I think it makes a lot of sense for them in a variety of ways. I think it's going to I,
1: Can I interject. I, if, 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 Daniel Shallowy goes in place for another MLS club. I'm going to lose my mind.
0: I don't think that that's likely to happen. I don't think I'm it is either. Of,
1: but you know, is, is,
0: is Shallowy free agent eligible? Eligible? Yeah, I think he is. Right, because he's 25 now, so he must be. Yeah, I was. Real... <laughs> Yearn- now I'm yearning for those days when you had to be 28 yeah. to get free agent. <laughs> um, 28 in
1: 10 years.
0: 10 years of, 10 years of service. Yeah. That's how we got Rodney Wallace. Remember that guy? Oh. CBD dog treat guy? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Rodney Wallace. I don't know if you listen to this pod at all, um, but I didn't mean to dog you that hard. Anyway, um, so... I, I, do, I do think, though, that having more attacking options is probably a good thing. I don't necessarily trust this coach to to rotate them effectively, but having more attacking options is probably is definitely a need for the team right now. Um so he's well, been the, again.
1: The thing, the thing about this player is, you know, given given his age and his background, um, you know, I mean, this is a player to come in and play right away. You know, this isn't, you know, this isn't a developmental player like uh, Chani says. I think it's turning out to be. Um, this is uh, this is someone who I think you know can be expected to really come he, in and perform.
0: He is not a twenty-year-old Cypriot who has, you know, a lot of upside. This is a guy who is—he's twenty-seven years old. A professional. He—he he has a lot of minutes in the Bundesliga and the and the double Bundesliga, as they call it, like to call it on on scuffed. He has plenty of minutes in Germany. So I I do you're I'm totally on board with you as far as the thought that this guy's ready to play, and your expectation is that he plays early. And to be fair, if he can play on the right, please God, like protect J- Johnny Russell. Like I'm worried that we're like taking years off his career this year. I really am, um, honestly. But yeah, it, some some attacking bet. options.
1: Would the be hot weather has just started too. I mean, he's gonna have yeah. to. He's gonna have to really.
0: But um, he played out of his mind on Sunday. Yeah, he, he was, was great. great. He was great running everywhere. It is, you know, uh, I mean, thankfully there were four water breaks, so I've <laughs> that, that, never I, seen I, that before. I've I
1: never seen that before either. I'm not. I haven't even seen that in like a high school game or a youth soccer game. Never seen it ever. Bizarre. Four
0: water break. Every 15 minute water break, but it's fine. I'm not. I'm listen. I don't want yeah, guys passing good. out. I, I, I totally agree. Um. So I just I do think that that's that's an interesting one. I, I'm sure it's somebody they've scouted and they have a good eye on if they're going to make that move. And then the second one is a striker, William Agata. He's a Nigerian striker. Um, you saw, you went to Tel Aviv. So you, uh, you saw Apoel Tel Aviv when you were in Israel, right? Correct. So yeah. This guy, this guy, he plays for Apoel Jerusalem. Um, not like lighting up the Israeli league, but you know, he has like eight goals um, this season in Israel Um Obviously we're doing a lot of scouting in the Israeli league because that's where we got, I kind from. So, I mean, there must be some more stuff going on there and, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously a little bit more of an upside guy. Um, yeah. They, they, I mean, must, not, they have to pay a transfer fee for him because he's not out of contract until next year, but he's not like a super high value guy. So I'm not right. sure the transfer fee will be small and you can still make it work with Tam.
1: Well, the, the Israeli league is not a very good league. Um, the I don't I don't know where it, it you know compares to um, to other leagues um, necessarily, but it's a lot lower than than MLS for sure. Um, but you know what the thing about uh, this kid is that uh, I I watched a little bit of his highlight, and you know you can't tell a whole lot from highlight reels. But you know he is he is um, he's a striker, which means that he makes you know runs that strikers make. Um, is he kind of small mm-hmm. though. Um
0: i he's like five I nine or something like that. He didn't he's l- not the biggest 4 He didn't
1: look small in the videos that I watched, but uh that doesn't mean
0: anything. I mean, I don't know how many tall guys there are in the Israeli League. I mean, but I'm uh, sorry, I'm that that's me being <laughs> uh I'm just like I'm used to being the Dutch guy and like everyone on the Dutch team is like six foot four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's 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 like five nine and a half is what he is. So I just, I, I'm saying that I'm, I don't know at 22, is he the right, like drop back with a center back on your back, hold the ball off and he release.
1: Not look like that kind of player to me. Uh, and okay. he was a, he was a, you know, more of a run the channels type of guy.
0: Well, but that might be okay too. Like yeah.
1: that, that's... if he does, if he makes the right runs and <laughs> that's fine. Yeah you know well, but
0: that's the but that's the problem that we've had from that position all year is like right. no one's making those runs so right. and and like i said the one time this, it happened felipe did make the run he just doesn't have the striker's instincts to get to the yeah. ball in the right place to be able to direct it on yeah. Um, so, so so
1: he looked to me maybe more like uh, i don't know maybe more like a ferrera type in terms of the the runs that he was making but i didn't that's see what a i lot. was gonna ask i didn't yeah. see a lot of you know like uh you know passing and connection but you know those aren't things that generally show up on highlight reels anyway i mean everybody wants to see the the slaloming runs and the and the and the goals so um i don't know we'll we'll have to see i mean it, it you know, it's a, it's like you said, it's a young player. You got to consider it to be more of a, a developmental pick, especially given the way uh, things have gone this year. So I don't know. We'll see.
0: I wouldn't mind a Ferreira type in that position. I no, think that, I think that, I think that having a guy that knows how to fi- drop back into space that can then allow the wingers to surround him, like cut in behind him and is doing that kind of stuff would actually be fun. And as we'll talk about later ferreira is the xg master i mean the dude creates a lot of expected goals and we'll talk about whether or not people think that's the right the right thing or not but he is very good at that and sporting could use some expected goals
1: like because they are badly they are
0: like atrocious um, the, the the chance creation of this team the, is fucking the league, terrible. the league
1: worst. The league worst yeah. by quite a bit. It's gross. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, hey, you know, and you know, here we go back to the, like the idealism versus pragn- pragmatism thing. And you know, the thing. I mean, if if you're that bad, you got to do something. You know, you have to make some kind of change because it's not, it's it's like it's dire. It's not like oh, you know. We're, we're just having a down year. I mean, we're we are the worst attacking team in the league by more than one metric. So, you know, I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's pretty grim.
0: Yeah. Um. So everyone, uh, send your therapy bill to Cody Welton. <laughs> um,
1: no, we have a World Cup. That's the we need. <laughs> that's the that's the that's every that outshines <laughs> that's everything that's else. <laughs>
0: Uh, you're not wrong, but yeah, it's just a, it's not a fun thing to but, think about, but I, 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 but that's what I'm saying. Like, this is goes back to my point from earlier, which is, I understand why they're bringing in attacking talent. The, the these are actually the places yeah. that are more important than anything. Sure. You can figure out a midfield rotation that doesn't create boneheaded, dumb shit mistakes. Yeah. Um, and if you can approve the attack and and create more chances, that's really what they need more than anything right? For sure. You
1: know, I think that something that gets overlooked a lot is, is, you know, um, a lot of times, uh, fans and I'm, I do this myself. I mean, you think, uh, you think in terms about, you know, taking a single player and plugging that single player in at, you know, one place or another and, and, you know, really, um, you know, the, the, the amazing thing about soccer and the reason why it's the beautiful games, cause it's, it's 11 guys playing together, you know, and, and it is about relationships on the field and how players interact with one another uh, positionally. And, um, and, you know, there's the, those relationships right now on this team are not positive either. And so, you know, they're they're, there has to be sort of a movement towards, you know, getting players on the field to uh, to play. I think better together, and um, you know, that's you know, that's one of the things that Daniel Shallowy does. Uh, really well is he you know he plays off of that left back and you know oftentimes that left side at eight um so so well um and so when when he's not there you know it really sort of stands out um that there's no that there's no um real relationship and, you know and and that's another thing you know and I you know we dog on him all the time and I feel bad about it but I mean that's another deficiency deficiency of 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 Shelton's is that he doesn't really have a partnership right he, he hasn't really struck up a an attacking relationship with another player and you know if you're if you're a striker you have to do that and it's even even if it's even if it's you know to to, to provide that other player with goal scoring opportunities and there's just there's just nothing going on um um around that right now and um you know, hopefully, hopefully bringing in, you know, uh, uh, an established, you know, veteran player, um, with a lot of, you know, high level European experience can, can, um, can help, but it only helps if it only helps if he, you know, fits in, you know, and develops, uh, that on field rapport.
0: Yeah. And, um, unfortunately he's not going to fix the problem at striker because no, he's,
1: absolutely a, he's,
0: not. A, he's a wide player. Yeah. Um, maybe Agata is a little bit more of an incisive player, but the the fact of the matter is is that expecting these guys to be massive game changers in this season is probably not right. realistic. Um, they're coming from outside leagues in the middle of the summer, and they're you know it's going to take months for them to gain gain those partnerships, as you talked about. I think that that's probably the thing that you just said is probably the most damning thing damning sort of um, you know, example of the Kyrie Shelton situation, which is this man has been at this team for a hundred games, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he has no linking like connected partnerships yeah. with any of his. And it's attacking weird, like like everybody,
1: everybody loves him, you know, and, and, uh, and they should, because by all accounts, he's a, he's a
0: really good dude. And I don't have you know, a problem with the guy he, as a person. I have so a problem charged, with him. Yeah, I just I have a problem with him helping the team win. Yeah, that is my issue. Yeah, guys, I like I want to be really clear about this because we go through this a lot. And I I don't want it to sound like that. We just have some axe to grind against Kyrie Shelton because I don't. There are many things that he does that I actually like. And I do believe that if he was deputizing on the right wing, he could be valuable to this team. There are things that he does that could actually be a cheat code against other teams, but he's not a center forward in this system, or I don't know if in any system I've got it in the notes here. I, I looked, I watched him when he came on, right? So Voltaire gets hurt somehow sort of sticks through it for another 15 minutes and then comes off and is in a boot at the end of the game. So who the hell knows what's going on with his situation, But he comes on, obviously was not, you know, fitness-wise someone that Burmese wanted to bring on that early, but has to. So he comes on, Felipe moves back into the the midfield, and um, he plays center forward. And I watched Kyrie Shelton get just bodied by Omar Gonzalez multiple times. Absolutely just worked. And I'm like, if you're going to be – like, I don't understand – he is a physical specimen. The dude is the strongest, fastest guy we have on the team. And he consistently gets worked physically. Well, along it, it, with never making the right run. So he doesn't he doesn't have striker's instincts as far as running to the place in the right time to either draw defenders or to get to a ball. He's not good in the air. And he gets bodied by center backs. So so,
1: Vermees made this same mistake in the opposite direction with C.J. Sapong, you know, C.J. Sapong loves to body guys, loves it. He seeks out contact. He he can head the ball. He can hold up the ball. He uh, is a competent passer. And where did C.J. Sapong play when he was at this team? Out on the wing all the time. So, you know (laughs) – I I, I don't but
0: that's all all I'm saying
1: is this isn't like a new problem
0: I know it's not a new problem I'm just saying like I don't understand how you can watch this man's performance over and over again and think this is a good place to put him. That's the part I just don't like I and I don't have an A or pro plus license with USSF and all these other things. And I I didn't play professional soccer, nor have I coached a professional soccer team for over a decade. So I will admit and I would I would love, love for Peter to like talk to me about what the fuck I'm wrong about here, because I'm sure there is some stuff I am wrong about. I will wholeheartedly admit that but I don't understand what, how playing Kyrie at Center forward helps this team succeed well at, at the moment we don't really have another uh,
1: choice so well yeah Voinovich is
0: injured but, yeah. and I'm not sure he's been that good anyway so yeah he hasn't. um yeah I, I yeah I don't know you're you, all right
1: let's let's talk about more happy things like more happy like, things uh, like the return of uh, of uh Weston McKinney.
0: Weston McKinney was back. Okay, so real quick, hold on. Before we get to the USMS national team talk, I do have some some good things to talk about. Johnny Russell, man. Like, can we golf clap? Yeah, he's great. Jesus Christ. Hi I First of all, Kyrie does earn the free kick. That he gets
1: the goal on. That that should not have been a foul, I'm just saying. That
0: should not have been. He ran in. Well, hold on. But they did actually call the foul.
1: I read Jump. No.
0: No, but they called the foul on on Farrell. They didn't call it on Dewan Jones. He jumped into Dewan Jones, but they called the foul on Farrell. Because Farrell.
1: Yeah, because he, I don't know. He did kind of get into it. I think he barely touched him,
0: but okay. yeah. But whatever. the fact, I mean, okay, it's fine, but it's not like Pencil had fine. a bad game. Pencil actually had a pretty good game, it was actually yeah. a fairly well refereed game. It only happens when we're on national TV, so whatever. Um, but <laughs> um, they.
1: Vermes would disagree uh, that it was a well, uh, well, the, fa- the
0: the the bow goal, the or yeah, the bow to Emma Boateng goal. It was uh, Shelton got fouled in the build up to that, to yeah. the, where New England got the ball. So I understand what his argument is, but the reality, the the thing is, is that, um, everybody could like, oh, Kyrie drew a foul, okay, he did a good. The thing is, is like literally an, a minute earlier, he had the opportunity, he could, he had the ball. He had it was the exact same situation, except he was on the dribble and he had the opportunity to try and split Dewan Jones and Andrew Farrell. And he would have been in on goal on his own. Nothing. Just yeah. recycled it back like he started a dribble and went towards him. And I'm like, dude, push the ball and drive by them. They can't stop you. You are like a freight train at speed. They cannot stop you. They will have to follow you. And no, just recycle it back. So I'll give him credit for the next time he actually tried something, even if it was an awkward, weird thing that drew the it drew the foul. So it's fine. Um, Johnny does what Johnny does this season, which is try to drag this team to points. I mean, I don't know what to say. It was just a pristine set piece kick. He and and it wasn't just this. Johnny was everywhere. On the right side of the field even in inside of the right side of the field and played a fantastic game and i just i've said it multiple times i'm gonna remember johnny more for this season than any of the rest of them
1: uh, yeah fine, sure. I agree.
0: like put his right. name on the wall like that's where i'm at at this point put his name on the wall
1: when he stepped up to take the shot I I turned to my wife and I said this is our only chance to score and then he scored.
0: He did. He wow. did. We did actually have some other chances. Johnny had that driving run that he that um he hit kind of right at Petrovic. It was yeah. he had to kick it he had to take it right-footed which was part of the problem but um he did have that driving run 1v1.
1: It would have been just, nice if, it would have been nice if there was somebody at the back post to, you know
0: yeah it and, would have been uh, yeah cuz it, it, yeah if there was somebody at the back post it's a tap in um yep raj had a good run um had a good chance on goal too so there were some chances and did you notice all of them happened with 10 men after <laughs> yuri was off the field uh-huh. <laughs> all of a sudden the team yeah. got better that I,
1: I mean that was crazy like the first 15 minutes after he got off the field, the, the team played
0: really, really well. They played great with 10. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, they gassed out eventually, right? Yeah. And then things went the wrong way, which was to be expected when you can't make subs. And New England has all the subs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it happened. Um, which goes to my point that, you know, that there's, we've talked about this multiple times. The roster construction of this team it's thin, it's a thin constructed team this year, and you can feel it.
1: Not a center back, man. We had we had double center back, uh, uh oh my god. So, okay, so let's <laughs> talk like about this.
0: Just, let's talk let's about just this for just a second, okay? And because you and I had this conversation, um, I don't know that, that did both center backs deserve to be subbed off. I don't and think either one of them did,
1: honestly. I, I well, mean,
0: I I mean, I, I, I
1: understand yeah. it, but this is what you and I have talked about, you know, in terms of, you know, when you play young players, they do stupid things and they make mistakes and you have to be willing to live with that. And if you yank them at halftime, you know, for, let's be honest, a pretty freaking meaningless game in June, um, you're not teaching them anything, um, positive in my opinion. So I'm not a big fan of, of that move, um, Honestly, at all.
0: Like, and Volata was really upset with himself after the goal. The boat,
1: Well, he Bo screwed up. I mean, yeah, he was. He
0: did, he did, but it's not totally on him at that point. No, he not tried at all. Pull, he tried to pull up an offside trap, and yep. Ford wasn't high enough, so the yep. bow stayed on. So it's not totally on him in that circumstance. No, Zuki little-
1: did not pressure the ball at all, and Amelia. Yeah. When that ball came over the line, Milia was concrete shoes. Man, he did not move. And uh, and you know, a couple of years ago, Milia comes off his line and at least makes uh, makes he makes you know, it hard on him. Makes he difficult. makes it hard yeah. for
0: Bo to finish. But yeah, the so and this is part of the problem with leaving Voltaire on the field after he had that bad tack, got that bad yeah. tackle from from Bo, and got um, hurt was that Zussi gave no ball pressure and Voltaire was in no position. He he had no legs to give a ball pressure there. So, yeah, I mean, just gets to sit there and pick out a shot, pick out a ball. And by the time, you know, like I said, Voltaire's late to creating the offside trap. I will agree with that. And I don't understand why he did it when he did it, because he was sort of following Bo and then all of a sudden decided to hop up. So it's kind of a weird situation, but this is not in any way completely on him. And it happens. 20 year olds make mistakes sometimes. He played really well otherwise, I thought. He was yeah, like getting he up in the attack and like doing, and good, his passing doing good, good center good too. back stuff. His passing was great. I said this to you at halftime. I said, hey, look, I think that the volitor ford combination is maybe a little bit too chaotic at center back. And maybe. And so my thought is the coach needs to do a little bit better job of putting these pairings together so that you're not you're not creating a problem, right? Because what happens here is then you sub both of them off, which was not necessary in any way shape or form. You really needed EC, and I think if you had EC and Volitor or you had EC and Ford, things would have been fine. But you sub both of them off and now they both feel like they fucked up. And now Ford's going to come out in the next game and just be wild man, trying to tackle everybody, and I don't think that's helpful either, right? And Volador's yeah. going to be like, I can't step up ever, and he's just going to be super conservative all the time.
1: No, and it was like, a it was a rage sub, and it's uh, I, it it's not helpful, <laughs> I don't think at all.
0: And it certainly and it certainly had nothing to do with and to with helping the team win. Like, no. that's my other thing is, like, you you make those changes because you think, okay, we have a chance to win this game.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, you know, Uri took off the field and, you know, he I think they were almost, like, consecutive tackles by him.
1: <laughs> they were not very because far apart,
0: that's for sure. They, I mean, one happened right before halftime and the, one, the other one happened right after halftime. They might have been consecutive tackles that were yellow cards. Anyway, um yeah, I mean, everything goes crazy at that point. But I just, I I don't know. Anyway, I think that, um, you know, those guys, the, we we have some good center backs on the team. Uh, you know, Fontas somewhat excluded. I don't think Fontas is getting re-signed, so I'm not super concerned about it. But um, And that's also a key thing to think about here when you talk about all the signings. So they have these two signings coming in because of the way the salary cap works. Only half of their salary this year counts against the salary cap. When they come in in the mid in the summer transfer window, so that has something to do with it. So even if they're paying these guys decent money, it's only halved because their salary budget charge is halved. And then when Fontas inevitably leaves next year, you get a million back. So things will things will be fine as far as them continuing to manage having these guys on. The, and I think it's possible they could bring somebody back. I will say this: um, last thing before we get the US Men's National Team, I texted you this during the game because I had fancy seats. And our guy, our boy, Jean was down there in the field club. And so I did get to talk to him a little bit and I actually saw him in the bathroom and I was like, it was right. Like literally when Uri got sent off was when we were both in the bathroom. And I like saw him as I'm washing my hands. I'm like, uh, you ready to play the six? Cause it uh, looks like we need one. And he just sort of, just sort of haha to me about it. Um, I, man, he would be perfect. He would be a perfect fix for this team right now. Yeah. Literally.
1: You never know. Maybe, uh, maybe Verme is uh, worked in a, uh, uh, a relegation uh, buyback. Well, clause. Well, something. no,
0: it's, it's not even a buyback. It doesn't need to be that. My understanding yeah. is his contract allows him to sign with any, if they got relegated, he can sign with any team for no fee. They just have to cover a salary.
1: All right, let's roll.
0: My and my understanding is he's on like seven or eight hundred k at Venezia, so you can cover that in Tan. Let's go. You
1: can use you can use the allocation money from selling him to pay him
0: to pay him exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh,
1: Man, Burmese Galaxy brain. He's been it's like the 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 human
0: it's the human centipede of of MLS salary cap. Anyway, um, all right. Uh, The last thing I'm going to say, which is a grumpy Drew moment. Really awesome that we got to see Caden Pierre in the 90th minute. That was a great time for him to come on. Wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Hey, man, it's like I said, you know, we, we, we forgive. uh, This team forgives uh, veterans mistakes all the time. And, uh, and, and, you know but and it's the same kind of mistakes that they they punish the young guys for so you might as but, well just...
0: but, but it's not it's not even that zusi had a bad game i'm not even saying that i'm saying why are you making this sub in the 90th you're time wasting subbing against yourself <laughs> like what the fuck is going why would you do this and the the only other reason i say this is cuz he was sitting in front of me on the wall for 15 minutes waiting to go in
1: yeah yeah, yeah cuz I you know we were texting each other and I I saw I saw Zivagnan talking to him and giving him instructions, you know, like 10 minutes before he actually got subbed in. And there were opportunities to sub, you know, um uh between those those times. So, uh, yeah. who knows, man? Who
0: knows? Uh, well, it's, I, it's confounding to me. I just don't <sighs>
1: I, 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 uh, he's so
0: averse <laughs> to change.
1: I think, man, I really think that we would be in a better spot if, if neither one, neither, uh, Roger or Zusi had been re signed, man. I, I, I do. Um, the, mean, guys just, would, they are the guys would crunch. be in,
0: the guys would be in better, in better condition to play games for sure. Like the young players would have more experience. And they would be a much better position for 2023, which let's be honest that's what we're looking at right now yeah preparing for 2023 um I mean there's people still holding out hope and that's why Polito hasn't put on the season end- season ending injury list yet that will eke into the playoffs and he'll be healthy enough to play. and I'm like
1: also, hey, need look, to- look we signed Tommy, we signed Agata and uh we bring back Bucio boom there we go. We can make an uh, we We're can make cooking. an LA Galaxy style late uh, season run.
0: That's true. Yeah. For or Bruce. Seattle Sounders late season run. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's Either do it. One. Okay. US West National team. I don't know what to take from the games that we saw, uh, the Nations League games. I, I mean, I think that Jesus is an XG master, and I the one thing I will say about this, uh, I think people take a run at Ferreira a little bit because of this. Like he, he creates chances but doesn't finish them. Um, I'm with Greg Velasquez on this. You cannot quantify finishing as a metric. The guys that are at this level of soccer will eventually get to the xG number. No one is going to vastly overperform or underperform xG for a significant period of time. It they just it's the metric is actually really well thought out, it's really well statted out, it's really well put in place. Like it just goes back. It go, let, let me put, let me give you a prime example. Daniel Shalloway vastly overperformed his XG last year. He had a great finishing year last year. He's not doing that this year. It happens. These, these, these statistics will always regress either positively or negatively to the mean. Um, Jesus obviously got his four bagger against Grenada, uh, but he, he had his XG was like 2.8. On those four goals so it's not like he wasn't you know creating chances um and my thought when it comes to him and i think this is probably burr halter's is the team creates better chances when he's on the field and this goes back to our sporting conversation earlier if your team is being more effective in the attack when you're there that's good
1: so the thing about him is, is yeah, he 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 might be getting good looks and not finishing them. The other strikers in the pool aren't getting good looks or finishing. So right, you know, he's better. He's better than any of the other options. Um, and I don't even know. I, honestly, I don't even know why it's uh, why it's um, a point of contention at all. I mean, he he has played better. I think I think demonstrably better than any other uh, striker. Uh, that's been on the team recently. I don't oh, think wait. it's even. I, I, I wanted to say also one one thing. I'm just gonna uh, uh, call back to the sporting game. Uh, I I'm positive that I move more quickly than Josie Altador and I'm so glad that we didn't. Tell him. <laughs> Holy you, crap! That dude, dude walks like he honestly he he walks more than than Zlatan walked. I I can't even. <laughs>
0: Dude, I'm, I'm glad so, you brought this I, up because, first so of all, two, th- two things. I've been trying to figure out why he hasn't played at all. So That's I'm why. Like, and I watched the game. I was like, oh, now I know why. Um, uh, But the second part of it was you were actually clamoring for Sporting to sign this guy. <laughs> like this was a thing that you thought was a good <laughs> hey, idea. You know
1: I am still uh, like, okay, give him a shot. You know, honestly, he can't be worse Not than a- – then, Not at well, one
0: point yeah. seven million a year, dude. Okay, like, no that
1: way. is correct. That is true, but that, <laughs> and that's why he didn't come here. Because because uh, Peter Vermes was never going to pay that. Our technical well, di- our, our technical director dodged a bullet for us. On it that. makes
0: it makes me wonder a little bit if like New England knew they had this Adam Buxa deal done for the summer when they signed yeah, him. I'm they sure. must have known yeah. because otherwise, or,
1: or, or at least it things. was really likely. But yeah. I mean, man. That dude is so slow, and he was just walking everywhere. I, eesh, it would drive me crazy. I am glad we didn't sign him. So anyway, back to, uh, back,
0: <laughs> back to, to the, <laughs> back to the men's national team, yeah. which Josie is definitely not on anymore. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. So that that's the thing. You you hit the nail on the head. No other striker in the pool has been responsible for the chance creation that he has, and he does it. So the thing that I really noticed when watching him both um, in in person and on TV, is that he has a really, really high understanding of space.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He 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 makes the right runs. And he finds spaces in the box, or he
0: drags back. Like yeah. he'll pull his that's, run back.
1: Yeah, right yeah, time. yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, he's just able to find a pocket of space where he can be open and also be gold dangerous. And that's that's like not an easy thing to do. And believe me, it's not an easy thing to coach either. It's right. one of those things you kind of you kind of either got it or you don't. You know. And he's like twenty one.
0: Like yeah. and he's doing this. Like he's, yeah, he's a young guy. He he's a legit like for him to have this understanding. He he reminds me of Busio in his understanding of the game and space. Like his mental game is on another level. And the other thing is, is he has a ridiculously good first touch as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like between those two things, the goals are gonna come. We've seen him in MLS, right? He's been on yeah. a scoring freaking spree in MLS and um, part of it is because Dallas actually has an attacking front that is yeah. well, not just kinda; it's really dangerous. Really dangerous. Um, but the other part of it is that, that his movement is so good; it's actually he's like the anti-Shelton. He is the anti-Shelton in the fact that he moves at a level that I mean he's as good at movement as Kyrie is bad at it. Let me put it that yeah.
1: way. And and you know he he creates chance so even even if is, he excuse me even if he's not scoring, um, he is creating chances for um, for the uh, the wingers especially, um, mm-hmm. or for Yunus Musa you know and um, and you know Musa almost scored Bro. a couple of times yeah Yunus
0: Musa man what a player that what a player dude yeah
1: he looked really great
0: he's nineteen and he yeah. looks like a legit man out there and is yeah. just bossing people. Here's another per, Like we talk about this a lot with uh, Burmese about putting players in positions to, to succeed, putting Eunice Musa in a double pivot was genius by mm-hmm. Berhalter. It was I, absolutely yeah. genius for two absolutely. reasons, right? You take the possession responsibilities off of Tyler Adams, which is not really his forte. He gets to destroy in Rome. And you give Eunice Musa the ball early. This is the same thing that Vermes actually did when he put Busio at the six. You put a player that when he has time and space to look at where he's going to put the ball or look at where he's going to go. Busio is a different player. He's going to look and find. He's going to look where he wants to put the ball and pass it there. Musa is going to look where he wants to go and take it there. Really, really smart by Berhalter. I, I, I've, I remain just. In the camp of the fact that Berhalter is probably one of the best coaches the U.S. men's national team has ever had.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's he, he's one of the best American coaches ever. He's he you know he he he's good at what he does. Absolutely. He gets a lot of um, he gets a lot of you know run on Twitter just because you know he's the national team coach and everybody you know everybody likes to bag on (laughs) on everybody on twitter and especially especially you know u.s soccer twitter um but man he is uh you know the 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 if you look back at you know where the team was when he took over and the players that were available to the team and where the team is now and and the kind of players that are that that are available to, to the team and the kind of uh, soccer that the team is capable of playing now. Um, it's night and day, man. It's and he deserves a, lo- a lot of credit, and he's a he's he's a great bounce passer too.
0: Yeah, um, he does the, the 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 around the back bounce, be around the back. Good. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Although he he sent one to the Grenada guy, so you know he's got to yeah. work on that a little bit. But um, I, <laughs> I will say that um, he's he said that he was going to try some shit in this four game kind of window. And he did, he did try some stuff and it was, it was, it was good. It wasn't like for nothing, right? It it wasn't for nothing. Kind of just throwing stuff out there. No, he was really thoughtful and it made sense when you saw it. The only thing, the thing he gets stick for is not bringing in certain play, certain players in early enough. And so oh, everyone's like, "Oh, you should have integrated Musa earlier." I'm like, "Dude was fucking 18 years old and barely playing at Valencia. Like, give it a second, right?" Yep. Um, no,
1: they're saying the same thing about De La Torre now, and it's like, yeah, come on, you know, well, Delatore
0: was a Delatore was a he he move he created the move from Fulham to Heracles because he wasn't playing, yep. bro. You couldn't play for Fulham in the championship, but you want to <laughs> to get into this midfield. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, I understand, like, everyone's always got their favorite, right? They've all got their favorite player or whatnot. I will say this they all said the same shit about Joe Scalley as soon as he was starting for Mochin Gladbach mm-hmm. yeah. at the beginning of the he was season. We, bad. Saw, <laughs> we saw how that went. Uh-huh. Dude was absolute garbage. And he was the same player he was after a five game stretch where he was good at the beginning yeah. of the season for Mochin Gladbach. Um, it reminds me a lot of Matthew Hoppe. Hoppy had that like really like flash in the pan like six yep. game sequence at Schalke, and all of a sudden everybody it was gushing
1: like, over him. Matthew
0: Hoppy, Matthew Hoppy, Matthew Hoppy, and he gets that big he gets that big money move to Mallorca, and good for him. Like he's getting paid, he got the transfer, all that stuff. But and he never played. He's not there, right? He's not there. He's not good enough. And yep. every like I said, everybody's got their favorite. Everybody's got their thing, and they just want to say that Greg's like you know being too conservative. Like no, dude, this is the national team we're trying to build something. And and, it, and, and to be fair, this guy brought 40 players in over the last year. Like that's a ton. England's not doing that. No, like, and this is none of it's these not, not only that, but um, doing that.
1: you know, all of these other, you know, we're, we're, the United States is going to have the youngest team by a lot at the World Cup and, you know, all of these other coaches, these other national team coaches, they, you know, they have the luxury of being able to, you know, bring in pool of veterans that they can bring into their teams. And most of their teams are dominated by veteran players. And this team isn't, this team is, is, is a team of kids, you know, and um, they've been kids and, and Greg has had to sort of uh, help develop them along the way. And you know what, it's, it's really difficult to project um, development of youth soccer players, of young soccer players, because their development is not, you know, it's not linear usually. And so, yeah, you know, uh, De La Torre looks great now. Uh, but you know, he didn't, he didn't look great before Josh Sargent looked wonderful. Um, uh, and now he really doesn't. And so, you know, he, you never know. He might catch fire and be, you know, a a star for the 2026 um, World Cup. Uh, You just, you just never can know uh, for sure about uh, a lot of players because a lot of their development is just down to, you know, uh, uh, the the club they end up with, the the coach they end up with, the system they end up in. There are just too many variables. And so, um, you know, when you consider all of that, it makes, it makes the job that he's done even more impressive.
0: So, um, I agree with all those things. And it's also key to remember that, um, Luca della Torre was barely playing for Heracles as they were about to get relegated from the Netherlands. And they ended up did getting relegated. Like the dude got like dropped from the team and then he comes into the national team and he plays well. So some, a lot of this is about fit and, um, Uh, you know, appropriate, like experience. And um, there's so much that goes into what makes this stuff work. The thing I will say is that he has played, in my opinion, played his way into the World Cup roster. I don't see a reason why you would ever leave him off the World Cup roster.
1: Um, you know, one one of the things that one of the things that Greg is really really good at doing, I think, one of the things that makes him a good coach is, you know, he has his he has his system and his style of play, sure, but he is really good at putting um, putting players in position to succeed, right? Matching just like he did with Musa, you know, moving Weston McKinney forward and into a more attacking role. Um, you know, those are things that that um, you know, those are things that he does that that gives players a chance to succeed and be their best um be their best selves uh, on the field and that i mean that is coaching that's super important
0: it is and it's the stuff we're asking for from the sporting yeah. Kansas city because yeah. you
1: have is. to be able when you're a national team coach you have to be able to do that you don't get to choose you know the, the mm-hmm. players that you that you're bringing in uh, as much as a club coach does and so i'll give greg you know,
0: Yeah, I'll give Greg credit for that. Like, if you think in 2019, he was so interested in this possession-based sort of, like, move, play the ball out of the back philosophy. And he Mm -hmm. watched the team get absolutely pantsed against Mexico. And he was like, look, this is an opportunity for learning. Like, we're going to keep playing this way. This is a thing that I believe in. And they got to a certain point, point, then pragmatism took over. He's like, look, this team's not built to do this. Yeah, I'm going to turn this team into a high-pressing, counter-pressing team. Yep.
1: You got and, young. You got a bunch of young athletic players who like to get out and run. And absolutely. But, but
0: you know what's interesting is, is he recognized that they didn't perform as good as they could have in World Cup qualifying playing that way, because other a lot of the other teams other than Mexico, which you know they they got wins against Mexico, but every other team in Concacaf was like, well, we don't want the ball, right? right? So your pressing counter pressing thing doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, so he realized that he needs to have another club in the bag. And so they started playing with a double pivot. They started playing with yeah. different ways of playing out of possession. And he needs to have those clubs in the bag of the World Cup. And that's the stuff that I love seeing a coach yeah. that's adapting. He sees what's happening. He's making adjustments to it. He's figuring out how to make the team better and more successful. And th- this is going to be the biggest bag I ever have. Like, like just rant against for me is, is that, he is a little bit too set in what he wants to do. I don't know, a little bit, a lot of it, too set in what he wants to do. And he'll make adjustments at the beginning of the season, but his philosophy is if we drill, drill, drill the hell out of this all season long and we keep the same 15 guys involved in it the whole time, everything will be good. And I think that that is fine in previous iterations of MLS, I don't think it works in the current version of it. Yeah. Especially when you lose two DPs, you got to be able to adjust. And that's the part that I just don't see him doing. He throws guys out in weird positions, but he doesn't get anything out of them. Okay, so I was very happy, regardless of whether I thought the game deserved it, that the team pushed to get a goal at the end and salvage a draw. The, for the us West national team um it was nice to that see. was terrible terrible conditions they didn't give up they made Barhalter made changes at halftime to try and actually create goals um and they did and they get created a lot of goal scoring chances i thought weston probably had his best game of the whole window in the second half um he he's just obviously needs some massive match, match match fitness so I think we know probably for the most part what the squad is. I think within, you know, a couple guys who the top 20 to 22 are. Who's your like outsider? Because there's always one, right? There's always one or two that like is going to show off. And especially with the, the World Cup being, you know, in November and uh, the guys are going to have like three months of a, a club season in Europe to do this or an MLS. They have the whole MLS season to do this. Who's your like one guy to look out for that might just surprise and show up in the, in the roster. Do you think? Um,
1: uh, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's going to be someone who can play left back. That's all I know. Is that
0: what you think? Okay. Uh, so, so,
1: so, so it might so be scout it, it might be Bello, It might be vines, but it's probably going to be one of those. Well,
0: do you think you, you don't think Kevin Paredes or, um, DeJuan Jones?
1: I think if I think if you haven't been called in and had time with the team by now, I think that, that it's very very unlikely that you're going to get called.
0: In. And see, that's the thing is like I completely agree with this. Like he's integrated like 40 to 42 players in a national team camp over the last mm-hmm. year, and people keep throwing guys in there that uh, like in their in their World Cup squad who have not played a single game with this team. And I
1: just don't see yeah, that. Happen. I look, look. If not, it's not even about. Uh, solely what happens on the field, it's also about locker room fit, and this is by all accounts a really good group of players with a really strong uh, uh, clubhouse dynamic. And you don't just you don't just bring in random people um, to that kind of environment um, before a World Cup, uh, especially with a, a group that's as young as this group is.
0: So th- that was the but the one thing I would say is like you bring in a guy like Haji Wright into this camp, and it was obviously someone that Kulisic played but, with, and some of those yeah, guys had experience with, with yeah. right? In the in youth, yeah. so could someone and like and he's
1: could, also playing a striker, right? So it makes it's the a position, it's a, it's make a make a position a of need
0: better. for sure. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like, could well, that's why some people say that maybe because Georgie Mihailovic was supposed to be in this camp, and then he yeah. had an injury and wasn't able to play but he did play with a lot of these guys in youth so yeah. could mihailovich
1: I, I could see that you know but the thing is is you got to look at you know you know, are you bringing him in on top of everybody else or is he taking away a spot from somebody i mean if i have to take if i i i, I have to admit that i am not a big like uh roldan fan but if i have to choose between mihailovich and roldan to take to the world cup i'm taking roldan all the time really so, Uh, Yeah, because
0: I would absolutely take it
1: because you know what? This team has no veterans. I mean, this team needs needs a strong veteran presence. They need uh, they need some guys who are good locker room presence, but also who know how to win and um, and who um, who are also um, um, flexible enough to play multiple positions. But Mihailovic Um, is,
0: too. He's he's an attacking midfielder and a winger. He can do both things that roll down does.
1: Yeah, but Rodan, I mean Roldan, honestly Roldan could play anywhere on the pitch.
0: Honestly. Yeah, but he hasn't been successful he probably doing even play both for people. the for the national team. He hasn't been successful doing it. This is the thing that I talk about. Like some of it's about situational. Like Roldan is an infinitely better player for Seattle than he is for the US Men's National Team. True. Um so that's why he, does,
1: that's why he doesn't start. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> for, that's why he didn't play did to play hardly at all. And you, I, and you got you know DeAndre play. Yedlin's
0: going to be there so he can be the veteran guy keeping yeah. the locker room
1: together. Yeah.
0: I guess. You know he's going to be there. Yedlin's yeah, absolutely going to be. Yeah, well, I know. I know. There. Um okay. All right. So honestly, my personal concern is more at center back than anywhere else. Yeah. Cuz I don't uh, well, no. It's not gonna <laughs> not be me, <laughs> No, it's not going to be any of those guys. But what I'm saying is is that I don't know that any of the guys other than Zimmerman have shown me that they deserve to play. No.
1: I, I was not impressed at all with uh, um, Aaron Long this
0: time around. Yeah, Matt Doyle was but he's been a long time Aaron Long sort of apologist so I, I just thought I, I, I watched that Uruguay game he was not, he, his passing is not good.
1: No, he's it's not,
0: not he's not a good passer at all. And
1: and the other things he brings aren't good enough to make up for the bad passing, in my opinion.
0: Well, and that's the thing. He's supposed to be like a physical aerial winner and all this stuff, and yeah. he loses those too. So I, yeah. against 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 quality opponents like Uruguay, he he he, Darwin Nunez had his number several times in that game. So I, I don't. I would,
1: have, I would rather have John Brooks than uh,
0: Aaron Wow Aaron.
1: Wow. <laughs> you know my, my my <laughs> my theory is that. The entire reason why he is not in the squad is because he just told Greg, he said, if I'm not starting, I don't even want to, I don't even want to be called in. And Greg was like, Okay, that's it. Yeah, it's mean, plausible. It's plausible. It's
0: not impossible. I I mean there's definitely something attitude related because yeah. there otherwise you would have absolutely had him in this camp to see if he can adjust to the things that you've given him coaching wise to adjust to. Right. Like there would be no reason for him to not be in this camp unless it was some sort of attitude or locker room situation. It doesn't make sense in the other way.
1: Okay. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. So um, I don't know much of a Nashville preview we need to do Nashville. Just uh, the thing I would tell everyone Nashville hasn't lost a home game in like 25 games. So yeah just take that in mind
1: let's go for a tie. let's go for for a tie. let's
0: get that one point what do we would that get us up to 15 the
1: the real problem the real problem is uh you know we haven't been uh doing well with the ball and they don't want the ball and so uh you know something's got to give um so we'll see
0: at least we'll have some attacking players available uh we yeah. and And, and, Chinese and the back. interesting
1: thing, like you said, is we'll have to do something with the midfield. Um, which that that'll, that'll be it'll be an interesting game. I don't you know
0: maybe they'll have to play a 3 4 3 to and be completely I honest. Say, you Personalized. Know, I
1: just, it's too bad this is so late in the podcast, but man, really like I think that the fans at um at Children's Mercy Park deserve so much credit. I mean, there was a lot of people there. Uh it's not a, a packed place, but you know, we people are still showing up in, in God awful weather to watch a team that is terrible and soccer that is really not that entertaining. And, um, and so man, shout out to, to those fans. And I, now I saw people bagging on the, the cauldron for not being full and not standing and singing. And it's like, give me a break. Are you serious? There are, the, the stadium is, is, you know, more than two thirds full. You gotta be grateful for that.
0: Dead last in the conference. Absolutely, yeah. one of the worst offensive teams in the league, if not the worst, by all of the numbers. And the cauldron holds about thirty-two hundred people, and there were about twenty-six hundred people there. So, yep. honestly, fuck off if you have something like that get, to say. I like, don't really
1: seriously. agree.
0: Seriously, <laughs> um, and you're right. The stadium was full. It was fairly noisy. Like the cauldron was yeah. noisy. I watched. I watched the some of the. Um, um, the coverage of it, uh, from ABC, which we were on big ABC. I don't know what the ABC is doing, thinking about putting us in New England on that game, but anyway, um, it was loud in the team. In the, the like, I don't know what you expect. No. Go to go to a freaking San Jose game,
1: yeah, or a Houston game,
0: yeah, those no, teams I, are well, above so us in the
1: standings, yep. So, so kudos so. to them, and yeah. you know, I, I think it's this team is you know, this season is interesting, right? It's not the most enjoyable thing, but, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, um, it's really, it's it's interesting to see how Peter Vermes approaches it game by game, because every game is presenting, you know, more problems um, and different problems because of, you know, the, the injuries and the roster construction and, you know, all of those things, some of them are under the, you know, his control and some of them aren't. And, uh, and so it's really, um, it, I don't know. I, I, like i think it's cool i to 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 uh you know just to kind of nerd out on it and think about um and think about things um even though it might not be the most entertaining
0: well and see what you might do different and kind of consider yeah. it and can we get peter Vermees the pragmatist that's the big question
1: yeah i
0: don't know to be, we'll to be determined to all be right. determined all right All right. um, On that note, I think we've talked enough for tonight. Uh, Hope you all enjoyed it. Sorry we've been gone for a couple weeks. Um, We'll try to get back to the regular grind. And uh, until then, I'm Drew. He's Cody. We'll talk to you all soon.
1: Bye-bye.